You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to another episode of Vavil's very own Newcastle United podcast. I'm joined again by Harry and Dan to digest and try and make sense of what happened at Bramall Lane last night. There was everything that could have went badly went even worse. And it was one of the worst performances I've ever seen since following Newcastle. Probably a good place to start is how can you sum that performance up? I don't know where I would really start to try and dissect that performance last night. It was embarrassing, it was gutless, and it's not something that I would associate with this football club and its supporters. I think Lee Ryder put it in the Chronicle, uh, it probably in the most eloquent way you could, of it was an insult to the club crest. The only thing I really thought during the game, other than this is another Derby County, and once again Newcastle United are the laughing stock of the entire country, is that why on earth did Callum Wilson reject Aston Villa to sign for us? <laughs> we were just so passive, and we knew we were going to be from starting eleven. And Sheffield United, they pressed us really well. I mean, it wasn't hard because we were so poor, but they pressed really well, and there's no reason why other teams look at that and go, all we have to do when we play Newcastle United is press them fairly high up the pitch, and they yeah. don't have a clue what to do. And just like we'll say, my next two fixtures are against teams that usually press quite highly in Arsenal and Leeds. But we were just so passive and we have been. Like last season we were bad but we weren't like we had a bit of energy and fight about it. But this season we have been atrocious. You can't even put it into words how boring and painful it is to have to watch us for ninety minutes now. I feel a big part of me dies every time that we have to that I have to watch Newcastle play for ninety minutes. Uh-huh. And it's not coming back. No. It's just awful. 
because I think I saw in the Chronicle today that Bruce was always fighting to win over the fans, like since he joined, because no one wanted him. But now there is absolutely no chance he has any fans on side now. No, not one fan can tell me they want him to be in charge of the Arsenal game next Monday. I expected Newcastle to lose last night, and that's just because I'm a defeatist Newcastle fan. We're all the same, but there's no need for, first of all, to park the bus against the worst team in Premier League history, and we didn't lay a glove on them. Another thing about that match as well, which I thought was hilarious, when they did go 1-0 up and Sheffield United you know, ultimately did park the bus for the final 10 minutes, they were frightened of us. They nearly scored mm-hmm. an own goal at the end. And as soon as Andy <laughs> Carroll came on, I don't know whether if anybody else spotted it, but Ethan Ampadu, he was shouting as soon as Andy Carroll came on the pitch. I mean, this is a player that scored one Newcastle goal in <laughs> however many years. He was shouting at his defenders, relax, relax. So you're trying to tell me if we didn't put any pressure on those Sheffield United players throughout that game, we wouldn't have scored a goal. Because every mm-hmm. other team in the league's been able to do it. They've got two, well, they had two points. They've got five now for a reason. They're not yep. a very good side. And I think, as well as that, it was I was so annoyed with the way that we set up defensively because they can't score goals. We've seen them. They battered us. And their finishing was appalling. There's yep. a reason why they've got two points. It's not because they're horrendous, they play horrendous football or whatever, because they, they played some nice stuff, but they can't put the ball in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. If there's any club that you can push up a bit higher and allow a little bit more risk, it's Sheffield United. There yeah. was two or three times, or probably a bit more, that stand out to me where they played some really good one-touch football around the edge of the box, and then they got inside our 18-yard our box and seemed to just completely panic. Mm-hmm. They just the amount of shots that was straight at Darlow was unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe how bad they actually were. And to be honest, as bad as we we were awful, and I think every word that you said about it being the worst performance is absolutely on the money. But without that penalty, I did I don't think they would have won it. It would have been a scandal. Oh, no. but they they wouldn't have won it. I think it would have been nil nil. Yeah, I couldn't see them scoring at all. Loads of people think Bruce is going to get sacked. The odds are short and now on him to be the next manager to go, but. He's, there's just not a chance. He's got no. a nine-point cushion from the bottom three. Why on earth would Charlie or Ashley look and think to change a manager? And I think that's the worst part for Newcastle fans, is mm-hmm. knowing that nothing's going to change. And nothing's going to change until it's too late. And it's mm-hmm. so like reminiscent of yeah of that season yeah. in 2015-2016, where it was so evident that change was needed. You know, that team was very, very good back then. We had some mm-hmm. quality players, and it's the same here. I mean, the problem back in 2015 was the defence was poor. We don't have mm-hmm. that issue now. We've got quite a, a solid defence, especially Fernandez. I thought he was excellent last night, despite the, oh. the dodgy penalty, which I'm sure we'll get on to. That block that he did was unbelievable. Yeah, uh-huh. it was amazing, brilliant defender. The only issue now is, is the midfield. It's something we need to strengthen in the, in the transfer window. And if, if Ashley and Charlie think they can get away with keeping Bruce at the helm and, and staying with the team we've got, he's got another thing coming because the only risk to getting his £350 million or however much he's getting, is Steve Bruce. It's not mm-hmm. the Premier League, it's not the Saudis, it's the head coach they've got employed. I think we would all like the hierarchy, Mike Ashley, Lee Charney, to be a bit more proactive in their decisions because, yes, we are nine points or eight points clear of 18th place, but just look at the pattern. It's getting short, it's getting smaller and smaller, and finally, we are getting the results that our performances have deserved for well over mm-hmm. a season yeah. now. It's so obvious what's going to happen. They should be proactive and not wait for it, wait for us to be in the bottom three. And the thing that gets me, I don't know about you, but this team reminds us a lot of that team that went down uh, the, like a couple of seasons ago. The players just seem oblivious to everything that's going on outside of their little world. 
like they don't seem to. I don't know if they not cares the right word because some of them do, but like that phrase I sending off, like Fraser just walked off. Yeah, like, he wasn't bothered. Yeah, he was smiling, he just, wasn't he? He just looked, smiled, looked, and then walked off. There was no one surrounding the ref or anything like that. It's just like they're in their own little bubble and they just don't care or have any notion of what's going on with other teams or the bigger picture of they are probably one of the worst teams in England at the minute. And the thing is, Aaron, it's a good squad. It's one of the best Mm -hmm. Newcastle squads we've had for a very long time. And that's the worrying thing. That's the thing, yeah. It's the team last season couldn't score a goal and finish Mm -hmm. mid-table. We've got a 20-goal-a-season striker up front and brought in Ryan Fraser, who you would see as a 20, 30 million pound player, albeit we did sign him on a free, is that we're worse. We're mm-hmm. a relegation fodder side. It's absolutely mind-blowing how bad we're performing. We've won one game in eight. We've won two in 12, and one of them was against Palace, where we got absolutely battered, <laughs> and we scored two goals from the 88th minute onwards. I think, and then, I'm going to look at our fixtures. We've played team. We've beat, like, West Brom. And we got very lucky. We drew with Fulham against 10 men and we got very lucky. Didn't have a shot on target uh-huh. after they got set off. Palace, yeah. yeah, Everton would be 2 1. Wolves would drew 1 1, a very late free kick. Uh, the last good performance where we probably deserved a win was Burnley on the 3rd of October. Are you looking at our so results? Depressing. Apart from the last few games where we've played Leicester, Liverpool, City, we haven't even played like, hard teams, like teams where you think we should compete. I think the comparison that you've made to the McLaren team is pretty much spot on, to be honest, because they're a talented group of players. I don't think they're playing for the ma- They're definitely not playing for the manager. They're not even playing mm-hmm. for, for each other anymore. We've had good team spirit in recent years, but they just don't look interested in each other. They can't pass the ball to each other. I think the pass completion stat yesterday was less than 70% for the whole match, which is absolutely... 69%. Terrible. That's absolutely abysmal. Passing is the most basic part of football. How can you not do it? It's ridiculous. The team is also, I think, it brings back unhappy memories of the John Carver days where we had more points on the board than we deserve, but all of a sudden we don't get any luck and we just start sinking. And it's later on in the season, less points on the board, and that really worries me. I mean, boys, where's the wind going to come from here? Because I'm looking at our next five games, and it's only really Crystal Palace at home on the 2nd of February where I can see us maybe getting a draw because Arsenal will beat us. Leeds will annihilate us like they did earlier on in the season. Everton away, we'd never really get a result. And then it's Southampton. You're right, we could beat Palace as a potential one to put in for a potential three points, but to be honest, it's Selhurst Park. If Wilf Zaha was available, we would have got beat that game, 100%. Something I've wanted to bring up, I mentioned it before we started recording. If anyone could enlighten me what a false 10 is <laughs> on a football pitch, I would love to know. Because there is not a position called false 10. You have a false 9 who plays like further back than a centre forward, yep. but not a chance there is a false 10. I'm not having it. Absolute nope. shit. Is there a false 10? <laughs> I don't know what he's trying to say by saying he played two false 10s. It's two yeah. centre mids. But on the subject of Longstaff, Longstaff and Hendrick, what are they bringing to the team Nothing. other than relinquishing possession every time they get the ball? It's a shame to see what Longstaff is now. Absolute shadow of himself. With Longstaff, I used to always point to he got a nasty injury and he, he looked mm-hmm. off the pace and such. But now I am starting to come around to the idea that maybe it is management because he can't do the basics anymore, which he's made it to a professional club. He's got a contract. 
he can pass a ball. I don't know why we're watching what we're watching now. It's got to be more than just an injury for me, surely. It's mm-hmm. confidence. Yeah. The whole issue is confidence, and that's what it was last mm-hmm. night. They were frightened of a team that had two points and scraped past Bristol Rovers of League One at the mm-hmm. weekend. That's the issue. I mean, watch them too, Hendrick and Longstaff in particular, underweighted passes constantly, losing mm-hmm. the ball, just getting battered off Ollie Norwood, John Lundstrom and John Fleck at midfield. I don't even think they'll have got an assist this season between all of them. And I don't think we should take anything away from Sheffield United last oh, night, no. but we did make them look very, very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought we were playing Atletico Madrid when I seen the red and white stripes <laughs> running rings on our players. But fair play to Chris Wilder. He saw how bad of a team we were, how bad we set up, and how much time we want on the ball. And he targeted from kickoff. From kickoff, Sheffield United got after us. Yeah. And it was it was good to see from them, like show, them showing a bit of fight. It's just something that we need back in our team. I think something else that we've had negative football, defensive football for years now since Benitez took over. We've played defensive football, but we've had a counter-attacking threat. Why on earth, if he wants to sit back and defend, are we not working on this in training? We've got the pace to be a great counter-attacking team. I just I don't know what the message is that he's trying to get across to these players because mm. whatever it is, it it's not working. Tell you what they need to do. They need to watch Tottenham Hotspur because that's yeah. that's a, that's a, that's how you do counter-attacking football. I know it's at a much mm-hmm. higher level. They've got much better players than us, but certainly against the likes of Sheffield United, I would like mm-hmm. to think we could do something similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. he left the player that is currently available with the most pace on the bench for ninety minutes. So yep. where's the pace? It's it's on the bench. Almiron could be a, a massive part of a counter-attacking side if that's the way we want to set up, and he could be the difference between being defensive rubbish and actually a well-drilled counter-attacking footballing team. We think last night when we kicked off against a team that hadn't won yet, we played eight defensive-minded players, and yep. one of our attacking players got sent off before halftime. It was, and then we brought on. And then, actually, something else that annoyed us, just remember, for the penalty, that there was no urgency to bring Richie on. I let him get stripped off, bit of a warm-up. No, we're down to nine men. No matter who you play, if you've got nine men, you're going to struggle. And then what happened? They scored. I think <sighs> we're all lost for words, aren't we? Just yeah. what happened last night. I mean, I'm still angry. I'm still annoyed now at mm-hmm. what happened. And I just don't see how those players can turn this form around. And if they really like this manager so much, they need to start performing for him on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Because it's clear that nothing's going to change at the top for the next six or seven months. Because this takeover is not going to be done if it is if it is to happen. We're not going to hear anything till next season anyways. So mm-hmm. if they care for this manager, start performing for him. Because it's, it's yeah. getting to the point now where you know we've got time to turn this around. We're not in a dire situation. We're still eight points clear of the bottom three. We've got some games coming up. Go and beat Arsenal on Monday night. And mm-hmm. that's how you win the fans back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm worried now that the players don't look like they're fighting for him, that they've lost confidence in him, and they're not going to listen to what he says, which might be good. Don't <laughs> they just do the complete opposite of what Bruce tells them to? But I can't see how he looks those players in the eyes and demands them to do what he's asking them. Why? Why should they listen after what he's put them through and the tactics he's using? Why on earth would players trust him? Another thing, it was the team selection, I don't know about you, that got to me, but obviously before a ball was kicked, that he's playing wing-backs, and one of them was Paul Dunnett. Yeah. Who's not a wing-back. He's got to be the least attacking full-back, probably in the entire league. (laughs) And it's the fact of the negativity around the club in general. 
is just so draining at the minute and it makes it hard to watch the match. Yeah, it was a flat back five. Like mm-hmm. you can attack with a system with three central defenders, but it it was a flat back five. It's the type of system that we've been accustomed to seeing Newcastle line up against Manchester City and Liverpool. But we mm-hmm. weren't playing Man City Liverpool playing Sheffield United. I, yeah. I couldn't believe it when I seen it. I felt physically ill. <laughs> Paul Dummett was another one. Uh, I couldn't really get my head around why he was starting the game. It's got nothing to do with his ability, by the way, but it's just the fact is he's been out for one year with an injury. He's mm-hmm. played 120 minutes against Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And then Steve Bruce decided that is a good idea to start him in a game against Sheffield United where you know you're going to be tested. Regardless of their ability, they've got nothing to lose. They're pretty much already relegated. They're going to run it as they're going to cause problems. And to start Dummett... It, for me, it just didn't make sense, and, and I'm sure you'll all agree that the back five was a waste of time. Oh, You've got to start awful. with the back four and yeah. have some more attacking presence, because Callum Wilson, he may as well have just got his deck chair out, he may as well have just got sent off like Ryan Fraser, because there was no mm-hmm. need for him to be on that pitch last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he must be thinking, what have I done to deserve this? He tried his best uh, to keep Bournemouth up, and now he's trying his best to keep us up. Yeah. It must be so soul-destroying for him. Also think he's not as good, but Dwight Gale must be thinking, what have I got to do yeah. to get to get mm-hmm. a game? Because for me, it had to be two up front, and it had to be them two, mm-hmm. and I'd love to see that because I think that's a very good potential strike partnership. You've mm-hmm. got movement, you've got pace, you've got finishing. It's 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 potentially brilliant. Yet we've seen a back five instead. I, it's just soul destroying. It was a yeah, back five was... with no mobility in midfield. Yeah, that was exactly. the other issue. You've left creative players on the pitch. The likes of Almiron, even Joe Linton, he's decent at holding the ball up. He's he's all right at his feet once, you know, it takes him a while. But he, he's all right going forward. And I mean, even young Elliot Anderson, come on against Arsenal, he, he didn't look like he didn't belong there. He looked mm-hmm. more capable than a lot of the players that do start for the club. So yeah. was the game plan last night really just to pass the ball to Ryan Fraser, him run down the wing and hope that he can get the ball into Wilson? Because it was never going to work. Right. Take Matty Longstaff as well. He plays... Yeah really well in the games he played and then he's nowhere to be seen again the thing with Gale as well like he scores the winner against West Brom and he's kept on the bench Andy Carroll scores one pointless consolation goal against Leicester and he's given a start in a cameo against Sheffield United if I was Gale I'd be wanting out this this, uh, this month I think that might be a reason why he's not playing I think they might be getting rid of him this month because I, there was talk of that um, Moses Saicedo. He's he's off to Brighton, it seems. Mm. But that Fabrizio Romano, he was kind of saying that Newcastle have been trying, which, you know, why would Newcastle, first of all, be spending any money? Because mm. they've, they've already turned around and said, this is the loan market. So is Dwight Gale, are they just keeping him on the bench until he leaves the club? I hope not, because if Wilson gets injured, we've got nothing. would be absolutely mental to sell Dwight Gale, which means we probably will happen. But, <laughs> and we'll probably sell them uh, Fulham or West Brom Fulham or West Brom rival. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a final thought then still quite a while away we don't play until Monday night away at the Emirates again where we've got to be 2-0 in the cup for me it'll be another back five bit more reason behind it this time but you've got to start Matty Longstaff I think for that energy and pace to if when we get pressed to be able to play your way out of it and get around the players that are pressing with I think Almiron comes back in for me, and probably Jamal Lewis, if he's fit, comes back in at left-back for me. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think we'll probably line up in a similar sort of system as Sheffield United, which is understandable, I guess. I'd, I'd still think Arsenal away is a free hit. I'd much rather us go out there and be aggressive and press them high and just give a good account of ourselves rather than sitting back. 
Arsenal weren't amazing against us in the cup. We could have won. And let's just try and win the game. Let's not bother about trying not to lose for a change. Let's try and beat them. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I don't think we'll actually go with a back five, though. I think he'll actually revert to a back four for this game just because he kind of okay. knows that the fans were very, very disappointed at the back five. I think he's going to start Andy Carroll up front with Callum Wilson because Carroll had a good sort of good game against them. He needs to change the midfield up. I mean, I know Xavi's one of those players that is just so inconsistent, but what I think we were screaming out from last night against Sheffield United, someone who can actually pass a football, can give us a bit of presence in the final third and can make those key passes so if he is fit I would expect him to start but um, I, I don't want the, the back five I mean I don't care whether you play in Arsenal I think we should just go for it if we lose 3 or 4 nil, then let it be but let's just have a go it's a free hit as Dan said mm-hmm. yeah definitely so I think that'll be a good way to to wrap it up for this episode I feel like we've got a lot off our chest there I definitely did <laughs> but once again, thanks for listening to this episode of Time Warp. Be sure to check out all the fallout and reactions to the Premier League games this midweek and at the weekend and all the breaking news that comes out of Vavil regarding Newcastle United. I've been Aaron Heindorf and thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.